0: Are you a sexy, indulgent musician suffering from consistent long hours, crippling self-doubt, and constant disappointment? Well, do we have a show for you. to Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment, a biweekly deep dive into what it takes to be a healthy and successful musician in the modern industry. My name is Melody Kaiser.
1: And I'm Dustin Williams.
0: And we are both full-time musicians and creative entrepreneurs. And today we are talking to the amazing Donnie G. (laughs) Donnie is a film composer from Los Angeles. He's recently, well, within the last few years, relocated to the Atlanta area. And Donnie is talking to us um, today. He's and part of a group called Mama Out of Bullets. Mama's out of bullets?
2: Mama Out of Bullets. Mama
0: Out of Bullets. Perfect. And he's currently working on a full-length feature called Tom Doesn't Care. Donnie, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks so much for having me. It's really good to be here. Yeah. We're so excited to have
0: you. So I guess before we get started anywhere, kind of give us an idea. I know from talking to you before you went to film school, was that originally for like the filming videography part of it, or was it always for music?
2: Uh, Yeah, actually it was, uh, I had every intention of going in to become a filmmaker. Um, ended up scoring a lot of my my fellow classmates uh projects and by the time I graduated I had no interest in cinematography or directing uh <laughs> it was it was all music uh and before that I, I did go to uh Virginia Commonwealth Uni- University for their jazz program um I don't know what made me make the switch to uh to film from there but uh it it's stuck it's it's something i can't live without at this point
0: that's so awesome
1: what kind of uh movies are like your like favorites like what are your go-tos uh to to watch yeah yeah
2: uh, I'll I'll watch just about anything. I do tend to gravitate towards uh, darker comedy, and that okay. is what my my uh, film group, Mom Out of Bullets, is all about. Just mm. weird, off the wall, dark comedy that makes you laugh but makes you feel kind of weird about laughing. <laughs> um,
1: okay, yeah, I dig it. I dig it.
2: I like I like action movies. I love cerebral movies, um, romantic comedy. Any honestly, anything that I could I could. One take something from the story, and then two take
1: something from uh, from the music cues that are involved mm, okay okay so with that in mind, um who are like some of your go to film composers like what's some of your favorite soundtracks, the kind of stuff that inspires you um
2: well my the 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 composer that got me interested uh to begin with is Hans Zimmer. Okay. Uh love everything that he's done. Uh I listen to a lot of uh Ludwig Gorenson. Um I uh uh Danny Elfman gave me a lot mm. of uh, inspiration to kind of be weird and wonderful. <laughs> yeah whimsical uh, whimsical. <laughs> um uh Anna Meredith is another one who I I've I've taken a lot of uh, inspiration from just as far as uh, giving myself the ability to to play not necessarily fit within certain um certain confines and kind of find yourself musically as you're uh, as you're scoring. Okay.
0: That's super cool. So what um when you were kind of in film school doing your classmates projects, what were some of the first things you remember like either struggling with to kind of like the process itself or like what were some things that you learned right away with like doing different genres of film
2: um i i I feel like i did have a a a bit of a leg up because i was on set uh the, the way the school worked is you all do a producing class together you all do a directing class a makeup class um, so I was chatting with everybody whose projects I worked on uh while we were on set, learning uh kind of what their vision was. Uh, and I feel like that kind of gave me the ability to to um kind of pre-focus on what the sound was gonna be. Mm. I feel like I did learn a lot uh about technical limitations at the time. Uh I wasn't using uh the the kind of gear that I was using today. I didn't have any formal training in, uh, composition for film and it was kind of just flying by the seat of my pants at the moment. Okay. Um, it was more, uh, at that time it was more song writing, uh, as opposed to scoring for what's on the film.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, but in those, in those early days when I, when I first got started, it was, um, eye opening to see that, uh, There's a there's a different mentality that you use going into songwriting than you do uh, when you're when you're composing for a video that's already been edited together and uh, the crossover with the two.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So so can you break that down a little bit? Like what 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 is the different approach that you might take if you're writing, you know, a three minute, you know, pop esque song or, or rock song or whatever versus like you know, a full score or even if it's for like a a short film or something, you
2: know? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I can only speak for myself, but Mm. when I'm sitting to, to write something in like a, um, a band format, um, I am thinking less about, uh, padding and texturing, Mm. um, thinking more about the, uh, the very set elements, whereas, uh, going into a composition, i'll I'll open up a piano just because that's where my my brain naturally goes to. Mm-hmm. I'll put the movie on and my fingers will just kind of thing for a little bit mm-hmm. until I figure out what um you know what color is needed to accent things and uh, I feel the main difference is with uh with writing f- in you know again a band setting it's um it's more about how the elements play with with each other mm-hmm. uh whereas composition it's how can I accent what's on the screen but not be
1: overpowering to it? Right. Okay, so without being distracting from what is visually displayed, essentially.
2: Right, right. Uh, To create a score versus this is now a music video.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, (laughs) gotcha. Um, Okay, so with that said, um, when you're composing and you're watching something and you're, you know, starting to let the the fingers do the thing. Right. Um, are you just going off of like ear and what feels right in the moment? Is there some element of, cause uh, so I always kind of imagined that, you know, a a film composer is like heavily into theory and you know, like all these advanced music concepts is that a big part of your composition process or just like maybe something that you might pull from if you feel like you need it, or is it much more like ear and like what your heart tells you, I guess? Um,
2: f- for me, uh, I, I, I definitely should have focused on theory a lot more. <laughs> um, but uh, early on in, in my uh, being interested in music, yeah. I, I kind of shied away from that, focused more on the ear. And yeah. that's 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 more of what I do at this point. Just focus on feeling, um musical colors, the seeing how I can accent certain things. I I, I know enough about theory to know if something sounds a certain way, there mm-hmm. is a term for it. I don't know what that term is <laughs> and I can I can repeat it. I just Please don't ask me what it is. (laughs) Yeah, okay,
1: okay. Which, I mean, I feel like the best music is usually the stuff that you're not thinking too hard about anyway. You know, whether it's a band or, you know, a a full composition, a symphony, whatever. um, I think, you know, trusting your gut and your feeling um, is definitely... Probably like the first thing you should do. So it sounds like that's that's more of your approach, at at least you know when you're initially getting going. Sure, so, okay. yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. And you you hit the the nail right on the head there. Like even in in any aspect where there's a collaboration between people, um, theory is there. It's a really good foundation. Uh, whether it's you know uh, a band, uh, composition, uh, doing a painting, the theory is good, but it's really about uh, what how it makes you feel um and how you work with the people that are that are with you okay yeah that makes sense that
1: makes sense i i would say like if, if for me it's it's kind of like the same thing like i i do really like that tool of theory to be able to like it's a great communication tool you know it's like if somebody else knows okay uh you know if you're trying to show like at least in in a band situation i found like uh, you know, if we're trying to match on a riff, like do something in unison, you know, it's like, it can make it quicker if you're like, oh yeah, we're going to play a Lydian scale. Like, and, you know, but then if they don't know that, then it's actually harder to communicate than just saying like, okay, play this note, then this note, or go to, you know, fifth fret, then seventh fret, you know, so on and so forth.
2: Absolutely. So. And that that is that is certainly a detriment uh, to, to me sometimes, but uh, I, I have relied on my ear so much at this point that, mm. Um, if someone says play uh, Mixolydian, Mm -hmm. I don't know what that sounds like, but if someone were to do it, I would now have that locked in there.
1: I see. Yeah. Yeah. So good tonal memory. Right. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Well, I think Um, it
2: probably allows you to be
0: more creative as well. Mm -hmm. So give us kind of a little bit of an idea. What is your daily routine when you, uh, when you're composing for that day? Um, so like, do you immediately just open a doll and watch the movie and just kind of start to come up with parts or, um, is there like, what's your creative process? Do you have to kind of get in like a
2: a headspace to get really creative and funky? Uh, yeah, sometimes, I mean, it's rare that I'll get up and go straight to my workstation. Usually I need breakfast. Otherwise, uh, (laughs) my stomach is going to be doing the composing for me and that's not going to be good for anybody. Um, fair. I, 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 get up and just kind of listen to listen to my body listen to what i need um so that i have no other distractions and usually by the time i'm finished with like my tea or whatever um i i open up a doll um i watch the scene a few times uh just to see if there's anything that kind of stands out to me um at that point i'll i'll usually turn the dialogue track off and open up a piano track and just go you know i'll pick a um I, I won't even set a tempo at that at that point i'll i'll just let the fingers kind of figure out where they need to go sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't uh it might not even be a piano sound it's just kind of a jumping off point to to figure out what uh how the song needs to live how the track needs to live um and i i just kind of go from from that point um, on this, on this particular project I'm working on, I I have been cranking out about a song per day. Nice. Um, I did slow down. There was a track that I I was working on and I, I kept sending it to the director and we weren't quite connecting on something. Uh, it took me about two weeks. Uh, in those moments, um, my, my wake up routine turns into, okay, uh, what notes did he give me? What music can I listen to that will put me in the right, mood put mm. me in the right vibe okay um and then you know rinse and repeat with the uh opening up a DAW, watching the uh the video and the audio track together cutting out the dialogue and uh either removing the piece that was missing or adding the piece uh the, the, the removing the piece that that didn't need to be there and adding the piece that was missing
0: cool so i know that this probably depends on the project but specifically for the mama out of bullets projects because you guys are a group Already, so like, um, did you have meetings, like pre-production meetings, about what it was going to kind of look like as a final product, or has it kind of been just doing it as it goes?
2: Um, our our director is also the writer for it, and he's definitely got his vision. Um, we had pre-production meetings just from like the logistical standpoint, making sure we had locations, making sure our finances were in order. Uh, as far as the final product. He knows what it looks like, but uh, you know we've all worked together for so long that we know things are going to change. We know that uh, person A's vision may be influenced by person B, mm-hmm. uh, and then especially with the with the music, um, we knew what we didn't want it to sound like. I guess is the best way to say that. Which was what? <laughs> um, we 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 weren't right now what what we're kind of landing on is a healthy combination between um organic sounding instruments um i'm using a lot of hurdy-gurdy textures mm. uh in conjunction with uh synth arpeggiation um synth pads it's it's like uh, the two worlds meeting which isn't anything new, but we, we knew that we didn't want it to sound too much in either direction. We wanted to try to land in the middle there.
0: Right. That's so cool. Okay, so walk everybody through, um, because basically a lot of our listenership, a lot of our listener base aren't even musicians. They just listen to the podcast. So walk everybody through, like, what is a cue sheet? Cause you've said that a couple of times. So like li- literally, what is it?
2: Oh, well, I, when when I, when I say cues, I'm, I'm really thinking about, um, the, uh, I, I've got my cue sheet, which I'm sure doesn't look like a, a proper cue sheet. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's my notes that I, um, that I have built from the, the moment I was sent the entire project, the, from start to finish. Uh, opening credit, credits to closing credits, I'm watching and I'm I'm trying to uh, see where music needs to go in, or uh, I'm I'm taking uh, influence from where the director thinks music needs to go in. My cue sheet is uh, a time code, uh, start time code, finish time code, and I know that this uh, this period this this block needs to be occupied by some kind of underlying
1: track. Okay, so that kind of answers a question i was going to ask earlier but um maybe this will like uh diverge into something else but yeah i was i was going to ask earlier um so the idea to me of composing something for a very specific amount of time is just mind boggling because you know i'm used to like we're just going to write a song and however long it is it that's how long it is um i've done like a little bit a very small amount of um like you know music composition for not tv shows um so uh, uh my uh roommate actually that you met earlier kane um we were uh commissioned to write music for a um like a comedy um uh what do you call it like not it was an improv comedy but basically it was like a, a dark comedy thing as well um kind of and- like a
0: sitcom uh, like a short sitcom more like
1: SNL it's oh, like okay. sketch comedy okay. Oh, okay. That's what I'm looking at okay, okay. sketch comedy um, but a little bit of dark comedy in there too cool. and like um very raunchy and like we didn't write the lyrics or the melodies that was um these two other uh, people so we were just focused on writing the music and it was weird because like you know we were essentially writing to stuff that they sort of already had but not really um but the idea of like okay this has to be a minute and 37 seconds like how do you go about that like what is that like <laughs>
2: um it's it it could it could be a challenge or it could be uh the 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 your best friend in the room yeah. um there are times where uh i have just a brief like like you said like i have a a, a minute uh, a song that i did a few days ago was literally a minute long mm-hmm. and, um, I knew that everything that I had to say had to be within that. Uh, there's been other tracks where I, I don't have enough to say because I don't want to overpower what's happening. Okay. Yeah. And I need five minutes of music.
1: Okay, So
2: it's, it's, it's interesting to try to, um, you know, live within that, that perfect world of, um, of, of time. Uh, I do, um, unless it's uh, a very energetic, sharp sounding song. Um, I do tend to pad on either end. So I've got uh, a few bars uh, on the start or the finish of the song where if it needs to be a little bit longer, I could add a, uh, a longer fade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, on the beginning side, if, if it doesn't come in early enough, I have it to where, um, a, again, a fade. A, a, a fade will cover a lot of
1: synths. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is very true. Okay. Okay, it's just it's Still, it's just like crazy, you know, to think that you've got to compose for this very specific amount of time. But um, I guess uh, you know, having the visual probably helps a lot too, though, right? Because you can really follow what needs to happen emotionally, maybe. Sure, sure. You're you're following the beats.
2: Um, I'm taking um, I'm taking inspiration from. When I'm watching with the dialogue, I'll take inspiration from that mm-hmm. um, to try to highlight certain things. Uh, if there needs to be a shift in energy, um, it it helps to constantly have the video on in the background, even mm-hmm. if I don't always use the the audio.
1: Okay, okay. So it's would you say between the two, like <clears throat> definitely the the visual is more important than the uh, audio side of it, as far as composing to, or are they equally important? It just kind of depends on the moment uh
2: they're uh they're they're pretty close in importance i I will say i i i don't ever turn the video off uh because that's that's always something that i i want to be working towards or at least have in my mind Mm -hmm. um audio once i kind of figure out where i'm going where the uh where any energy shifts might go uh, i will turn that off until i've kind of gotten what I'm trying to accomplish established. Mm -hmm. And then I'll spend, uh, I'll spend the rest of the time on that track, uh, with the audio track on, but low, uh, just so I can make sure I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my convictions, I guess. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to commit to the bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. So
0: would you say in your own style, do you usually kind of do like a less is more approach? Because I feel like, And I just know this because I did, I took a music composition for film class and it was really easy to like overdo it. You know what Mm. I mean? Like to make it like cheesy, dramatic, you know, like to follow, (laughs) to follow what's going on on the screen. To a team Bring in the <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> like it's really easy to do. Cause you're like, that's what would be the obvious thing to do here. Mm-hmm. But it usually ended up being like a really bad product <laughs> So when I did it that way. So like what is kind of your approach with that? Do you feel like a lot of times like just pads and drones are like the way to go, or at least the foundation? Or does it totally depend
2: on the scene? It really does depend on the scene. Um I, I do tend to use pads and drones, but th- those really are just the base typically. And I, I usually don't even start with those. Um, but uh, less is definitely more on this particular project. I will say that uh, I, I am glad that, uh, that that our director is more of a more is more mentality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he and I have have, have worked on um, tracks before. He He has his hand in music as well. And, um, there, at, at, there was a time where some of our scores for the short films were heavily influenced by nine inch nails. So Ooh, we've okay. got, you know, we've got the pads underneath buried so deep, you can't hear them. We've got, uh, you know, screaming guitars, we've got, um, uh, lead sounds. Um, there, there's a lot of room in, in what I've done. There's a lot of room for, for play and for experimentation, uh, on this movie that we're working on, there is seldom a time where I, I feel like I need to kind of stay within underlying pads as the entire track themselves. Okay. Usually I, I have uh, a bit more freedom to throw on. Um, I, I, I like using synth arpeggios mm-hmm. in, in, in this, um, yeah. Just uh, room for creative freedom, not necessarily being boxed in by texture itself, um, but to kind of make many, many songs without going too far.
0: Yeah, that's got to be hard. I
2: may have talked in circles on that. No, no, yeah, no. that was perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's definitely, I mean, in Stranger Things, those composers made up killing just using syntharpigiators.
1: <laughs> sure, right, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Like
0: the whole, that's the whole palette.
1: Who was the composing uh, those I'm honestly
0: not kind of sure. Team,
1: you know? mm-hmm. I'm not sure either. Yeah.
0: It's definitely know. got the John Carpenter vibe though. They're oh, going yeah. for like the old school like, you know, Moog. thing. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
0: Which is awesome. But yeah, they they're making a lot of money on that. <laughs> for sure.
1: Every every so. time every time I play, if I'm like uh teaching a student something. And if I play like a C major seven arpeggio, they immediately are just like, Oh, stranger things. And I'm <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I
1: guess. Um, so I wanted to ask, uh, Donnie, like earlier, uh, when we first started, um, the episode here, uh, we asked about some of your, uh, inspirations as composers. I wondered if maybe you had like, uh, even just one, um, particular composer that you could like expand upon, like, maybe one of their movies and what you like about it, what they did and when, what really caught your attention.
2: Sure. Um, I'll, I'll go back to my all time favorite Hans mm. Zimmer okay. and, uh, particularly his, his interstellar score. <sighs> yes. Um, I, I with, yeah. with some friends of mine, we did our own, uh, bracket. It was composer bracket. Uh, Hans Zimmer's interstellar score did up winning that bracket. Oh, nice. Um, we're, we, we don't know a whole lot about sports, so that's what we what we gravitate towards <laughs> um how we can nerd out on on the artists that we like mm-hmm. um with with uh, his interstellar score, I was super captivated by um something that that i myself uh uh try to tackle that's that that combination of uh organic sounds or or more uh traditional sounds mm-hmm. in conjunction with uh with uh Definitely digital sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I, I love his use of uh organ um with with the pads and the, the amount of tension uh that he was able to create with that and with the the organist. Uh his his name is escaping me right now. Um but it it's it's really interesting in that score uh with the movie seeing um a scene that that you know is high intensity, mm-hmm. um, but the the music underneath might not necessarily represent that. It mm-hmm. it it accents it. It adds to the um, to the vastness of space, the the allure of uh, venturing into the unknown, mm-hmm. um, and it 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 keeps you keeps you on your toes, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, lo- I love that score. It's so good. It's like...
2: Yeah, that is
0: like an epic. <laughs> that is one of the best. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so
1: Yeah, and, and all the space he leaves too. Like you were talking about like, you know, how sometimes the music might be like not the opposite, but maybe, maybe the opposite of what's happening on screen. But like, I just remember, you know, there's these moments where like something intense would be happening visually and and maybe in the dialogue or in the sound effects. Um, but then it would just be like...
3: Bah! Uh, right. like you
1: know, and just like these these moments of space where it like it totally builds the um the intensity and and you know kind of makes you think about like you know how sound doesn't travel in space because of the lack of air, so it's like almost like these brief moments of like. You breathe in and then you hold your breath. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just the vibe I got. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I, I, every time I've probably seen that movie 12 times now, Hell every yeah. time <laughs> I watch it, every time I listen to the score, every time I hear the negative space that's there, mm-hmm. um, I find myself kind of breathing with it because mm-hmm. I know it's going to happen. I've seen it so many times before, but it, it still helps to build that anticipation so well. Um, I... I I, I really am I I am so into that whole thing, that whole score.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah, incredible.
0: I mean, and I think <laughs> it's just pretty opposite of like I think that Hans Zimmer, his approach is very opposite of like John Williams.
3: Right, sure. You know I, I mean? love, like if yeah. John
0: Williams had done Interstellar, it would have been like bum bum.
3: <laughs> right, right, like it right, exactly. have been
0: very thematic mm-hmm. and just like a totally different approach mm-hmm. to the same thing. But I feel like Hans Zimmer a lot of times is more like soundscape sure. than like necessarily like always like this has to have its own theme. And like <laughs> we have to know <laughs> totally. exactly what the theme is as soon as we see the character. <laughs> like it's just a different way <laughs> to approach it.
1: Which is cool. Yeah, because both are awesome, you know, and can serve their own purpose like i love john williams he's one of my favorite film composers because he's done like all the movies that i love but of course <laughs> you know and he's like the guy in, in hollywood or was for yeah such yeah, long yeah. Time. um but, but he's, he's the master of the theme correct he is, yeah, he yeah. Is. <laughs> like, I, I love john williams
2: but there's never a time where i've watched a movie and it, it it's been scored by john williams there's never a time where i did not know that that was him
0: yeah.
1: Yes, like, it's very, like a signature. Mm-hmm. His signature. <laughs> yeah, he has his mm-hmm. signature.
0: Yeah, I for sure. And honestly, a lot of the themes are pretty similar. Like I guess it's just major key themes
2: for the Yeah, a lot like, of major So keys, a lot yeah. of it yeah. is similar. The the but... the protagonist has this theme. The antagonist definitely sounds like an antagonist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which <laughs> I I can appreciate. I mean, it it is a way of storytelling in and of itself, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about being able to find um, the the nuance, really the nuance in, in myself and bring that to these characters that have already been written, been established by the writer, uh, acted out and, and performed. Uh, I, I, I'm really drawn to that more so than like the standard. this is the way it's supposed to sound.
0: Right. No, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So this is kind of like a curveball though, because you threw this in there. So what about Danny Elfman? Because that dude Hell is yeah. he talk about having a style. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> like everything's like bouncy, 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 yeah. bouncy, <laughs> <laughs> bouncy. Yeah. Yep. You know, and like a lot of just kind of whimsical, um, kind of everything's whimsical when it's Danny Elfman, I feel like. Yeah. Like I agree. even um, even like more subtle themes, like I'm trying to think like the Alice in Wonderland movie was definitely more subtle than like Beetlejuice, Sure, you know, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Or so, or but something. even yeah. that you could still tell it was him by the use of like the, ba-da-dum, 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 ba-da-dum. like it's mm-hmm. that kind of like repetitive rhythm that I'm always like, ah. Oh. Danny Elfman. <laughs> right. Yeah,
3: totally. So,
0: what about him? Kind of inspired you? Because that one's different. I mean, that's a huge leap from Hans Zimmer, stylistically, sure. at least.
2: <laughs> um, uh, the, the part about Elfman that is, inspires me the most is that exact thing that you were talking about. I I love the the whimsy that he brings in. I love the uh, the the bounciness because that's that's something that um is not. Like there can be an entire movie that's scored that has that exact same feel versus um, moving towards the scene. He, he inserts himself into it. I like the fact that uh, he, he doesn't shy away from taking those kinds of risks He does tend to have a a, a similar sound through all of his movies, Mm -hmm. but um, it's. I guess uh, I, I enjoy the movement away from traditional composition that sounds symphonic in nature.
0: Yeah, that I get that. Yeah, Danny Elfman, like some of his stuff, always reminds me. Have you guys ever watched like old monster movies?
1: Like, like like the creature from the Black Lagoon, yeah, that kind oh, yeah. Of thing. but like mm-hmm.
0: everything's so like, bum
1: bum, right. like like drama, mm-hmm.
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Danny Elfman kind of took a lot of that. I think it's kind of that like over the top, like dramatic um kind of sensibility and then he pairs that with like i was saying like a, almost everything has some kind of like rhythm rhythmic thing going on whether it's bump 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 right bunk, yeah, bunk, yeah 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 or <laughs> it's always yeah. like something that you can follow um but yeah no i definitely get what you mean and by that it,
2: it's something that uh Formerly in like a monster movie or something, this would be this is the monster, the monster is here. Whereas now, uh, with 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 his uh, his, his versions of his takes on things, that it's it's a little bit creepy. It's yeah. it's it's one of those things where you kind of don't know how to feel about it, which in turn kind of makes you not really know how to feel about the characters, right? And that is also kind of terrifying. Yeah, so it's, it is. It's, it's 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 fun. It's fresh. It's very much his style, um, but but what he brought to the composer community, uh, I, I think was was super beneficial.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Because like as a kid growing up, like especially like '90s kids, mm-hmm. right? Like even the Tales from the Crypt, like that could have oh, been yeah. like mm-hmm. a really scary character if they had done the music differently. But like every episode, it's like. The same kind of thing, right? Yeah, and you're like, oh, the keeper He's like so funny.
3: <laughs> so I don't like him. Yeah, yeah, it adds
0: like a whimsical kind of vibe to it instead of always being like horror. You know? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, have you written any horror scores? Um, even for like short films, because I feel like that's an interesting kind of skill set.
2: I've written uh scores that uh I, I mentioned uh, last week uh that most of the compositions that I've worked on have been for my my group Mom Outta Bullets. Right. Um we are very grounded in comedy, but there's there there are some disturbing elements to some of the projects. Um there's there's one score in particular um for a short that we did called Still Holds Up that uh I definitely borrowed a lot from John Carpenter for it. Nice. It, it's Sweet. not like the the classic monster movie type horror, but it 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 does um lend itself to a bit of the uh you know creepy unknown aspect of of filmmaking.
3: Yeah,
0: that's awesome.
1: Yeah, we had we cool. had a um a friend that came on uh a couple months ago. I mean it was back yeah, in Daniel. October, I guess. Yeah, Daniel, um who's a huge horror movie um fan and and he just kind of knows everything about all the composition behind it and he loves john carpenter um and like of course i I know who that is and like i'm familiar with some of the um those composers but uh it's it's interesting because it seems like in a lot of horror movie music too um it, it is also like it's very sound effects and textures Again, in in contrast to like John Williams, who, you know, symphony, you got your timpanis, you got your French horns and all this stuff. And with with Carpenter, uh, it's it's like definitely or or not just Carpenter, but really any any horror movies like there's like, you know, that the screechy violin sound that's not really a note, but it's that sound. So like, do you ever use any elements like that in your composing as well?
2: Sure. Yeah, Uh, actually, in the 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 movie that I was just talking about still holds Mm -hmm. up um one of the main elements that ended up being a percussive element is um uh it's a bat flapping its wings oh that's cool and and i used that intermittently throughout the piece uh to have it rise and fall as the tension
1: was was rising and falling as well that's awesome did you like um source that like uh like do you have like a um
2: like so, a sample library. A sample library, yeah, yeah. That um, you use. I climbed a tree really late, and no, I didn't. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I totally was gonna believe you there.
0: <laughs> with my my microphone.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I got rabies. rabies. <laughs> <laughs> got, <laughs> it's, it's
2: I'm, I'm now. still dealing with rabies now, but <laughs> um, no, I I, um, I went to several sample libraries and found uh, a tone that worked for me the best it could. Mm-hmm. Uh it didn't need to be uh perfect because I ended up pitching it down quite a bit and adding oh, okay. uh, uh an insane amount of room verb to it. But so uh, a
0: ginormous bat. Yeah,
2: huge, <laughs> huge turned it into yeah. a giant bat. Yeah, it's it's more of um one of the dragons from Game of Thrones. <laughs> right? Oh nice. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> okay. But um yeah, I just I I I found the sound uh that, that sounded the most like a bat's wings and mm-hmm. and Distorted it enough to where it, it doesn't necessarily sound like flapping, but it kinda gives you that 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 vibe. Like you're you're you, you feel like you're kind of coasting along and, and uh you know, growing and fading with the uh, the energy that's on screen itself. Okay. Okay. That's so cool man.
0: that is awesome yeah. are you a genius
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't think anyone's ever accused me of that before <laughs> consider yourself accused uh that's no, awesome though sound design has always been interesting to me too like it's, it's not really something i've gotten like involved in but um you know growing up I, I i've always been i might have mentioned this last time too when we were all together but um like i love sci-fi in, in particular it's like my favorite genre and so ben burt You know, sound designer for for the Star Wars series is like one of those people I look up to. Is like, man, like, how the fuck did you think about like? Let me take a wrench and smack the wire of a telephone cable that is the grounding wire, and then I'm that's my blaster sound. Like that stuff boggles my mind. So, like, for the
0: slinky thing, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The slinky stuff.
1: So, um, (laughs) like, do you? uh, I mean, clearly, you do some kind of sound design in your compositions. Um, Is that like? something where you just kind of hear it in your head and you're like, okay, like what does that sound close to? What can I find to pick it out? Or is that like something the director will come to you with or is both, uh, you know, um, the,
2: the sound design that I've, that I've used that could lend itself to, to being on screen. It's, uh, it's purely in the, the music. Okay. Um, any effects that, uh, that the director needs, uh, previously he would go find on his own mm-hmm. um for the movie we're doing we are passing to a um to a, a sound team Ooh, afterwards okay um uh, just because it's such a, a big project for us on the front end uh we we would like to at some point just say okay it's done let's pass it on to people that do this part of it for a living yeah yeah, yeah. right um,
1: <clears throat> it's like a resource thing too right? exactly
2: yeah um, but I, I did in when I went. I went to uh, Full Sail University in Orlando. Mm-hmm. We did have a class that was uh, Foley, and one of our projects was to uh, create the sound for the ice cracking in the uh, the day after tomorrow movie. Mm-hmm. So okay. that it, it's not something that that I uh, I continued with or have even done since then. But it was really interesting to try to find how how can I make this sound like ice cracking? It's celery,
0: right? <laughs> um, Isn't that like the big thing? I feel like oh I've wow, seen maybe, that yeah. in a video.
2: <laughs> I think celery is used. Um, I ended up using a, uh, uh, duct tape on a plastic table and pulling Ooh, that off slowly.
0: That that sounds like oh, ice. Wow. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, that it, would be such a fun class for me. I know. Foley, <laughs> I mean,
1: oh my god! Yeah, I feel like would it would be, be in
0: like elementary school again. I'm like, what can we get? <laughs> what
1: can we make? <laughs> yeah, it seems like a, a really like because every problem is different, and and I think what's interesting too is like you would think by now that. We've got we've collected enough foley over the past like fifty years <laughs> that we wouldn't need to do anymore. But it's still like constantly happening, right? Absolutely, like, like, people are still coming up with sounds. Yeah, and um, I think that's really fascinating because yeah, I, like it just seemed like one of those things where it's like, oh, there would be a point where like that doesn't need to be done anymore. I don't know, uh, uh, but it again, probably gets like,
0: better and better too, though.
1: Yeah, true. Like better technology, better.
0: Because bad Foley is really a bummer.
1: Yeah.
3: Like (laughs) like, it
0: really can ruin like a whole thing. If it sounds like the car door should be shutting from the inside, but it does it from the outside, outside. it's going to be like a weird, it's going to give the whole thing a weird vibe.
2: Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) At that point, you might as well just leave in the production sound.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's always probably getting better and better. Well, Donnie, is there anything else that you kind of want to add to the conversation? Anything? Tell everybody about your upcoming project. Yeah, Tom yeah. Doesn't Actually, care. tell us more about those. Um, I know you can't say that much, but, you know, talk about the production company. Tell everybody what you got going on.
2: Sure. Yeah. So our production company is called Wristwatch of Jupiter. Um, okay. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we formed... Um, we formed solely for the purpose of making this movie, Tom Doesn't Care. Uh, I can't reveal a lot about the, uh, the plot, mm-hmm. but it is a, uh, it's, a, it's a story about a woman who, uh, after experiencing an unexpected loss uh, in her family, uh, meets a mysterious stranger who completely upends her view of reality. Um, there's a lot of comedy, a lot of comedy that you... Probably are going to hate yourself for laughing at
1: (laughs) Um, the best guy. There's,
2: there's a lot of heart to it as well. Um, There's a fair amount of mysticism. It's, it's, it's been so much fun to make. Um, I'm, I'm not just the composer on it. I'm one of the producers on it. And I've, I've been on, um, there are four producers on this project. We have been on it since day one in constant communication. Um, It is Definitely a uh, a a site different than the short films that we have been doing. We've learned so much, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's it's a lot of fun. We we will still continue to make shorts, um, but uh, feature films are. We we've done one. They are definitely on the radar now mm-hmm. um,
1: for the for the foreseeable future. Um, that's great. Yeah. Do do you, do you have Congrats. like a general timeline on when that uh, might be coming out or? Not- Again, if you can't re- you know reveal that, that's okay. <laughs>
2: well, I I would have no problem revealing that if if I had if you, an yeah, actual yeah. timeline <laughs> for it. Um no uh no timeline. It it will be done this year. Uh we're we're hoping uh maybe sometime this summer, uh we'll be finished up with everything. Okay. The the edit is finished. I'm uh at this point. Decently over halfway through my my score tracks, and from there uh we'll be sending it to the audio mixer, the colorist um just to get the uh that end of post production finished uh hoping to get into the festival circuit and uh, maybe streaming in the not too distant future yeah. nice
1: yeah Heck yeah actually okay, so you br- you bring up streaming, I do have a question I have two questions actually <laughs> first one is um with this, you know, streaming, the advent of, of streaming and that becoming more of like the way people consume their media, um, how do you feel about it from a artist perspective? Cause you know, obviously we had like the, uh, the SAG-AFTRA strike and, um, everything, you know, more recently, uh, kind of not only focused on that, but that was a big part of it. I, I feel like from, from what I gathered, again, I'm not in the scene. I was just what I heard on the news and what I would read, um, so, like, do you feel like streaming is still a good thing? Um, like, what are the downsides that you see? And, and like, uh, I assume there's probably some kind of, like, royalty platform that that works with that from the music side. Just like when, you know, we have our music on Spotify where we get paid, you know, 0. 0.0001 cents you know, per stream. Right. Like, what's that like? Um, and do you anticipate... Uh, a lot of changes coming in the future for that platform.
2: Um, from the royalty side, uh, I'll have to put a pin in that because mm-hmm. I uh, I have not made any money off of streaming just yet.
3: <laughs> yeah, we
1: feel you, dude. <laughs> we get it. Same. But
2: uh, yeah, I would assume that there there's some kind of royalty. You know, a hay penny per viewing or mm-hmm. whatever it may hey be. Penny. Um, but uh, as as far as um, what that does to the industry itself personally at, at, at the level that that I'm at um, which is uh, a group of people that are trying to get their content shown. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be shown in theaters beside Barbie. Uh, streaming yeah. is probably the best thing for us right now, just because it, it, in a way, especially with, with certain streaming services that have been known to, take on bigger risks Mm -hmm. um it's it's a way for us to have a a platform to at least be in the running with um these massive multi-billion dollar projects that we we would never be on the radar um were not for for streaming services Mm -hmm. and um you know your your netflix and your roku tvs things like that um i i feel like it like uh the implementation of uh, of digital recording, um, virtual instruments, it, it just makes um, filmmaking a bit more accessible. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, totally. It's like being able to have logic on every Macintosh. You know, everyone can be creative and not have to drop tens of thousands of dollars, you know.
0: So it's similar to music. It's a yeah. way to get it more easily distributed. But, you know, there's... You're not Some gonna make any it. money. Yeah. <laughs> it's distributed, but now you know. You so could, yeah, though. that's cool. Yeah, in theory, <laughs> in money theory, could be could. made. It could be made, right? <laughs> so,
1: so then you have like platforms like Patreon and stuff, maybe where you can kind of like make that more of the avenue for building income, or or you know when you do GoFundMe fundraisers or yeah, something like yeah.
0: that.
2: But sure, um, sure. And and we're we're hoping that um, that. Not necessarily to make money from it, uh, because at the end of the day, it's it's never about the money. It's about the artistry, right? Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. in any um, artistic avenue. Um, but we are hoping that uh, this project, uh, along with the the streaming services that we that we all have at our our disposal, we're hoping that it it at least gives us um, a little bit more push. Yeah, yeah, uh, when, totally. When it's all said and done.
1: Front of more I mean, people. money's always nice. Yeah, I don't like not money. Turn out, I actually <laughs> hate money. Uh, I do hate the idea of it. Unfortunately, it is just something that exists. Um, all right, so one one final question um, from from myself, and I don't know if you had anything, Melody, but um, depends on what yours is. Yeah. So, uh, I I wouldn't call myself an avid gamer, but I do like to play video games. Um, is that something that you've ever like considered getting into is it something you've already have done or want to do um just because that's such a composition
0: for games yeah i think
1: it's so dope like some of my favorite composers of all time are video game composers um i'm just curious on your thoughts on that uh hell
2: yes and if anybody (laughs) is looking for a composer for their video game please reach out to me (laughs) um it's it from i've never done it before but Mm -hmm. from what i see it uh it's even more so a different element um than, than what I'm doing now. And it's, it's the focus on, um, how, uh, how loopable is this song? Like yeah, if, right? if somebody's in, I, I, I love gaming. If somebody's nice. stuck in like a, a dungeon in Skyrim for several hours, mm-hmm. like myself, <laughs> um, uh, how, yep. how can it feel, uh, authentic? How can you, how can you keep the, um, the vibe fresh, how mm. can you, if it's uh, something that needs anticipation, how can you keep that being built uh, with the same song and break it up in a way to where you can loop it and and not have it be noticeable? That is fascinating to me. me and too, I would yeah. love to get into <laughs> that side of it.
1: I, I bet you would absolutely slay, dude. I mean, just based off of <laughs> the conversation we've had and your knowledge on it and, uh, you know, composing. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that would be really um, up your alley. And again, I just think it's so cool for the same reasons. I mean, the idea that, you know, you have your battle music, but then like your battle music might change if like, you know, you get hit and there's like these little, you know, audio cues that'll happen if you get hit versus you hit somebody else. I don't know. It's just really fascinating. And the idea of then taking that and programming it is just like way beyond my (laughs) comprehension, but it's very cool. So yeah. Uh yeah. So anyone listening um who's designing a video game, hit up the boy Donnie G. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's
2: it's another part of of musical creativity that I that I love. And I, I really enjoy getting my hands in all of it from uh, band setting, composition setting, uh for a film. Um, I recently started a, uh, a, a score for an actual orchestra in, in North Carolina. I've oh, been sick. working on that for, um, for about two weeks now. That's amazing. Um, nice. and it, it's, even that is different than watching the screen and, um, and working with the action. It, it's having to think about the pieces that are, that are involved mm-hmm. and, and how they fit within each other. Uh, because you have no control over the, the sound, you have control over the notes it's up to the players to, um, interpret, that. to interpret that. Mm. And it's, it's all just, it's so interesting to me. And it, it's, I, I don't know where I'd be
1: without sonic exploration. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like that, that term, sonic exploration. Yeah. I dig it.
0: Sounds like an album title. Yeah, it
1: does. It should be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hing, I love head, it. Wink, wink. <laughs> so I did have one more question and it's a boring one. So I'm sorry to end on a boring <laughs> note, but so my understanding because I have looked a little bit not so much in the music side of it but you know a lot of film stuff has moved to Atlanta and several years ago somebody was asking me if I would be interested in like set design and stuff and I learned pretty quickly the film industry is very like unionized like everybody has their own union and unless you're in the union you probably won't get hired or like called back or anything so is that kind of the case my question is are you in AFM or any kind of union no. I'm not. No. Oh, okay. So you can still do it without being in a union.
2: Absolutely. Okay. I mean the 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 projects that we've done are all independent projects. This even though it is the biggest one, uh we are fully uh self-financed. We were tied up with the uh with the the SAG strike uh because we we in this project we did have some SAG actors. Mm-hmm. Um and we needed to make sure that uh, that they were protected uh SAG definitely needed to, to make sure they were protected. We wanted to make sure they were protected. Um, but it is totally possible, uh, especially from an ind- independent standpoint to still do the thing Heck yeah. <laughs> you could you could do it.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Donnie, for joining us today. Yes. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And thank you all for listening to this episode of Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and connect with us more on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast. Each episode is also available in video format on YouTube. And don't forget.
1: Have fun. Don't do too much. And it's going to happen.
0: Sex, drugs, disappointment. (laughs)